Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. Hello. We might have to get the keg on ice. Really? We may have to get the wings on the smoker. We may have to call all of our rowdy friends <laughs> because there could be a tailgate party to plan, Big Nige. Okay. Let's not waste any time. Let's check in with... Gun-toting, crack-smoking, stripper-poking, Hunter Biden! You smoke crack, don't you? Don't smoke crack. Then the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. We may (laughs) get Hunter Biden in front of the Oversight Committee, Nige. Hunter Biden expected to have a deposition... December 13th. Now, before everybody gets excited, before everybody starts making plans to call into work sick and watch the oversight hearings, (laughs) understand this. This could easily fall apart because now both sides are wanting demands. So Hunter Biden is willing to testify before James Comer and the House Oversight Committee, but only... If it's a public hearing and there's no closed door deposition that happens first. Okay. Yeah. No, I want it to be public. Well, normally there's a closed door session first and then there's the public. They want to see what he's going to say first and then they open it up. But screw it. I I mean, these guys, the Republicans on this House Oversight Committee are flamethrowers from Jim Jordan of Ohio to, uh, you know, Byron Donalds of Florida, Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I want to, you know, Nancy Mace. I want to hear them. I want to see them turn the screws to this guy. And I'm with you on that 100 percent. But Hunter Biden doesn't get to dictate the terms. He doesn't get to call the shots. And that's what Comer, the chair of the Oversight Committee, said earlier. Hunter Biden is trying to play by his own rules in regards to an appearance before our panel. That's not how it works. And when you are on the receiving end of subpoenas... You're not the shot caller. This is Garrett Hake of NBC News. It doesn't look like a done deal at all. Now, this is a flurry of letters back and forth on Capitol Hill, first from Hunter Biden's attorneys saying that they would accept an invitation to come and testify on December 13th, but only if it were in public. Well, just within the last half hour or so, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer responded with a letter of his own that essentially says Hunter Biden doesn't get to play by his own rules and that the committee prefers to have everyone come in first for a close door deposition. Comer does go on to say that he does believe Hunter Biden should testify in public eventually. So with Hunter Biden only wanting to do this out in the open, that tells you everything you need to know, right? He wants this to be a total circus. 
to where everybody is laughing at what's going on and the lunacy of things coming out of everybody's mouth. He doesn't want to be on the record, really, for anything. I think this is actually a pretty smart move by the Oversight Committee demanding that he come in and we have a deposition off the record you know, I'm sorry, behind closed doors okay. before we have this out in the open. I mean, look, I what's going to come of this is the big thing. Big thing. What what has come so far of these oversight committee hearings? Big plate of nothing. <laughs> I mean, we've had hot takes, we've had uh you know, some 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 evidence of you know, LLCs being opened in the name of, of Hunter Biden's sister and, you know, Joe Biden's granddaughter, all, you know, multiple, you know, look, I, I just, I, I want to know what happened in Ukraine. I want to know about Burisma. I want to know about the multiple LLCs. Why, you know, 10% for the big guy on the, on the laptop. Is this your lap? Was that your laptop, by the way? Right. That you're currently trying to sue civilly the uh, the owner of the computer shop. So many questions, but the thing is, I mean, it's just an oversight committee. They can't charge him with any crimes, even if they present evidence as such. Right. They have to turn it over to the DOJ. And does anybody believe that Biden's Department of Justice is going to charge him further with any crimes? They already tried to set up a sweetheart plea deal for the gun charge. He still hasn't paid his taxes. Yeah. And we know for a fact that that's an issue. It's been brought up before, and he still hasn't had to pay back the back taxes. So this thing could completely fall off the rails. I know we're all excited for it. We're going to get good sound bites. We're going to get back and forth, lots of gotcha moments. But when it's all said and done, you are absolutely right. Nothing will come from this because that's the track record of what the Republicans do. Whether it's fighting with big tech on censorship or trying to go after Hunter Biden for being a big key to the Biden crime family where grandkids were getting money from the Chinese, nothing is going to come from this. I hope I'm wrong. I think Comer does have a, a mountain of evidence against not only Hunter Biden, but the real goal here is the big guy, Joe Biden. The icing on the cake is Comer. He needs to be able to link then-Vice President Biden communicating directly to Hunter about the energy company Burisma just before he got that Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin, fired while he was investigating Burisma. That's That's the direct link they need to use right there. So we've checked in with Hunter yes. Biden, and now we're going to shift gears, and we're going to check in. With wheeling, dealing, oh. hair sniffing, kiss stealing, Joe, Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Take a test where you're taking cocaine. Come on, man. You ain't black. So let's take a trip down memory lane sure, here. Sure, would love to. Remember a few weeks ago when the war in Israel was officially underway, the war in Ukraine was still underway, and Joe Biden looked into a camera and said this. The single existential threat to the world is climate change. (laughs) We don't have a lot of time, and that's a fact. Yeah, that was after uh, October 7th. Yes, yes. Multiple wars, multiple fires burning, and Joe Biden looked at the camera and said, yeah, yeah, I get all that, but climate change, (laughs) this is the most important thing. We've got an update. 
There's a big climate change summit happening in Dubai. Joe Biden is skipping it. He can't, dude. He doesn't have the capacity to survive that time change, let alone the the travel. And is that the bar? The president yeah. can't make the flight. <laughs> I mean, let alone honestly, this being like his pet thing, right? Climate change. We're all going to die tomorrow because you know the oceans are going to rise and everybody's going to drown to death. We're at the point now where we don't even think he can survive an Air Force One flight over there. <laughs> Let's see, Dubai time change. I don't know. Let's see what that is here. It's a substantial time change. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, that would knock anybody out. That would knock me out. But it's not like he's flying Spirit. He's on Air Force <laughs> One. You can let him sleep on there. You can bring him the finest meals imaginable. You can put him up in the back in his own suite. It's Air Force One. He's not on that frontier flight where the lady dropped her underpants and peed in the aisle. He's the president of the United States. If the bar is he can't make the flight, that's embarrassing. But what's more embarrassing, the fact that he can't make it or he's Mr. Climate Change. He's the face of climate change. There's a big climate change summit where he said it's the most important thing. And he looks at the camera and just goes, (laughs) waves it off. Uh, And maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. Carl Rove jumped on with uh, Trey Gowdy of Fox News over the weekend and was talking about the age situation with not just Joe Biden, but Donald Trump as well. Well, look, if it's uh, Trump versus Biden, yes, Trump can win. Uh, Biden can win as well. You're absolutely right. This is an election in which more people are going to be voting against the opponent than voting for their guy. I've I've long thought that the party that figures out a new and different face than Biden or Trump is the party that's going to have the the advantage in 2024. The American people don't want to have a contest between, you know, a 78-year-old and an 82-year-old. They want to pass the torch, if you will, to a younger generation of leaders. And uh, that's why uh, uh, the American people believe both men are too old uh, to be president. Well, polling for Trump says otherwise, by the way. Exactly. The American people have the opportunity to pick somebody younger, but they're not doing that. They're voting for Donald Trump in droves in regards to the primary, not necessarily the general, but these primary poll numbers, Donald Trump's rolling. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show. The uh, Hammer Nigel Red, White, and Bowl presented by, oh man, this is going to be good, Jack Daniels. Yes, sir! Uh, it's a big uh, bowling event Woo! we're having in January to uh, benefit veterans, Woodland Bowl 6-9 there, 96 in Keystone. Uh, the last I saw, we just opened up some more lanes because the demand was so high, correct? Yes. So earlier today, we sold the event out. Which means, first of all, God bless all of you guys. You guys are awesome for supporting this charity event. We went to our promotions team and said, any possible way we can get some more lanes opened up. And the awesome folks at Royal Penn said, all right, here's what we're going to do. 
five new lanes and a few individual tickets have opened up. So if you want to get a team of six together, you can buy a lane right now. They just opened up five new lanes. And if you don't have a team of six, that's okay. If you just want to come by, hang out, maybe bring a friend or whatever, you can buy some individual tickets. Individual tickets are $75 a piece. And a team, I believe, is uh, 75 times six. So you have an entire lane right there. So go to WIBC.com. The events page, that's where you can buy your tickets. We've also got it linked on our social media, Facebook and Twitter. I'll put an Instagram story out there with all the information. It's a great cause. We're helping out some veterans. And what you get for your money is pretty solid. Three hours of bowling from 6 to 9, a pizza buffet, a free beverage. We're going to be giving away prizes. There's a silent auction. Beer Sample Friday meets Jack Daniels. Oh, that's the best. That's like that scene in Commando where Schwarzenegger and Carl <laughs> Weathers have that awesome <laughs> high five. Beer Sample Friday giving that high five to Jack Daniels, baby. And I think we're doing our show out there as no, well. we are. Yeah, so you can show up early. Do you want to pre-party, man, tailgate a little bit I with us. You, I, I gotta tell you, I gotta work on my bowling game, man, because I'm pathetic right now. I oh, mean, I, I stink. My son's really good, but I stink. Does he get a team together? Yeah, I think he's got a squad. Okay, I want to be on his team. Cause, <laughs> cause I, I, I'm not gonna be, I, I need somebody to pick up the slack, because I went to uh, God, where'd I go with my dad on Saturday? The kid, the the moms and the cousins of the kids on, on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, went um, to see Trolls, the new Trolls movie. Okay. And me and my dad went to, the, uh, to Punch Bowl down here downtown uh in the mall and we did uh, two rounds of bowling he beat me the first time and tied the second time and he's got bad knees oh man <laughs> <laughs> it was you know my late 60s dad beat me soundly the first time and then uh, i let him come back on me the second time so i need work i do too like you would think I would be better than I am because my son bowls in college. He's got like the curveball going and everything. I throw it straight and I throw it as hard as I can. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not the proper technique, but I'm bringing the heat, baby. That's what we're doing. So get your tickets while they last. Uh, They just opened up five lanes. This might be the last call. I don't know how many more they can get, but uh, WIBC.com. Miss Allison, I need some mood music. We've got breaking news. Dolly Parton's Rockstar album is number one on Billboard's top album sales chart. You're kidding. So think about all the artists that are out there right now. The number one spot on album sales belongs to Dolly Parton. I mean, we've been talking about this rock album of hers for months, it seems like. Feels like longer than that. It's like waiting for Top Gun Maverick to come out. Just put the thing out there already. (laughs) Um, Here's a little montage (laughs) of Dolly Parton with some other famous artists doing some covers on this rock star album. Every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. You're a 
Most of these songs, she's doing the the cover song with the artist that originally performed the song. Right, right. Like the beginning, you know, with Sting and yeah. doing Every Breath You Take. Can you... I, I just got to hear, there's also the Stairway to Heaven song on here, but she does it with Lizzo. It's at the very end of that montage there. Here, wait, wait, Allison. I got to p- pot me up, Allison. Pot, okay. Because... Uh, Called Sasha Flute. This is on her rock star album. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> okay, please stop. Stairway denied. You know, I love Dolly Parton. Rocky Top Tennessee. I love everything about Dolly Parton. But doing a cover of Stairway to Heaven with Lizzo sucks <laughs> in every possible yeah, way. Yeah, I don't think my mom usually gives me an iTunes gift card for Christmas, and I don't think I'm going to be downloading the, uh, the 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 Dolly Parton rock star album, even though it is number one. It is number one. Um, we had once had a chance to sit down and speak with Dolly Parton, and we asked her, hey, Dolly, what do you think about our traffic guy, Matt Bear? Well, I say we hire a couple of wranglers to go upstairs and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> that was our interview with Dolly Parton about Matt Bear. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, the only real estate agent, should I say real estate expert, that I trust to sell my house or find me a new one, Mark Deedle. Matt in Shelbyville knows this. Here's what Matt in Shelbyville had to say. Quote, it was time for me to sell the last of my investment properties and use the money elsewhere. There is one guy I trust to get it done, and it's Mark Deedle. I've sold many houses with Mark, and this time was no different than the others. Mark got the job done as expected for the price I needed. A lot of people ask us, why do you guys talk about Mark Deedle so much? Well, it comes down to this. The guarantee. Mark Deedle guarantees your home sold at a mutually agreed upon price and deadline, or he will buy it. That is what separates Mark Deedle, the guarantee. Contact him today, 317-755-4232, or go online, markdeedle.com. That's Mark, D-I-E-T-E-L, markdeedle.com. Tell him Hammer and Nigel sent you. Oh, boy, there's a big, red, clickbaity headline on Dredge Report right now, Hammer. Is there clip art attached there to it? There is not the siren clip art yet, but it is red. That means it's serious, and they really want you to click on it. China, what do we got? China brings back masks and social distancing in chilling echo of lockdown over mystery outbreak four years on from COVID. So they're masking people up again in China? Is that what I'm supposed to take from this? There's a respiratory outbreak uh, in China, mainly involving kids, and it's, it's like, welcome to winter. These outbreaks happen in pockets everywhere across the world this time of year. Now they're saying... You know, kids in hospitals, they're packed in pockets all over the country in China, but could it be that the parents are in a panic after COVID and taking kids in when they don't really need to be? I mean, you know, the United States and the UK went through this in 2022. 
if right. you remember. I mean, it's just this time of year. I, I Look, the, the WHO, for whatever that's worth, the World Health Organization says there's nothing unusual. There's no new pathogens. It's not a lab leak or anything like that. I can trust those guys to defer, you know, as far as I can throw them. I was like, damn it, you're making me choose yeah, between the Chinese government and the World Health Organization? It's the same thing, yeah. right? So, uh, it sounds familiar. Like, we're getting close to an election year in this country, and the chatter is becoming more and more about, well, there may be a new variant. Well, China might be masking people up again. Uh, Gloria Estefan, can I get your thoughts on this? Put on your mask. Remember this? When you go out in public. This was a real thing. Put on your mask. I was kind of annoyed with Dolly Parton. She ruined Jolene. She made a vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. Shut up. The thing about Jolene, and we talked about this on Wish TV. When Dolly Parton came out there at that halftime of the Super Bowl, and she had the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader outfit on, and those big rock and country cans were out there. I started thinking to myself, <laughs> you know, the song Jolene is about how some woman is about to steal Dolly's man. Yeah. Well, what the hell does Jolene look like? Because Dolly still got her fastball. She's 70 something years old, but the good stuff's only in its 20s. So, what the hell does Jolene look like if Dolly's worried about her? Maybe we need to get a look at Jolene. It was so funny watching that game, too, because the uh, announcers, Tony Romo and Jim Nance, were on the call, and Tony Romo would not shut up about how hot Dolly Parton was, and it was making Jim Nance very uncomfortable. Robo was ready to party. <laughs> yeah, he was. Robo was ready to go. <laughs> like, Jim Nance was trying to do, the, you know, the calm, peaceful, let's bring it back to football. Tony Romo was like unbuttoning his pants, I think, at one point. He was down was for some action. Like, I was awkward. I, I felt a little bit awkward listening to that. Um, speaking of something <laughs> awkward, I did not see this. This coming, the Black Lives Matter Rhode Island founder, a guy by the name of Mark Fisher, he's the guy that founded BLM, their chapter in Rhode Island. He went on Fox News and said he's supporting Donald Trump. I'm sorry? In the 2024 election. Take a listen to this. Fox News host Lawrence Jones, who's a black guy, sat down with Mark Fisher, the head of BLM in Rhode Island, and they talked about the upcoming election. This is my favorite story of the day because it identifies with what I've seen in the barbershop. All the brothers, for some reason right now, are turning tides right now, and I, I just wonder, what is the big reason? I think, personally, it's the duplicity of the Democrats. Mm. The hypocrisy. Um, we're not stupid. The brothers are not stupid. We, we understand when someone's for us and when someone is not. And it's obvious that the Democratic Party is not for us. Their policies actually strike at the heart of the black family and the nuclear family. You know, you were part of black Black Lives Matter. Uh, you founded it there. And now you're saying you're, you're not saying the entire Republican Party. You're saying Donald Trump. So what is it about Donald Trump? Is it the economics? Uh, you noted the black family. What is it going to take for him to sure up this support amongst uh, black voters? Well, I just, I just think that it's going to take information. A lot of people are misinformed. They don't really understand because they don't educate themselves on, on Donald Trump as a person and his history. Um, 
But if they do that, and it's going to take, you know, leaders, educated leaders getting the word out there, um, I think that it, it'll happen on its own. Joe Biden responded by saying, if you don't vote for me, you ain't Black Lives Matter. (laughs) I'm laughing, but there's a chance he probably did say that at some point, too. I mean, this is interesting because for so long, it's just been pre-programmed. For a lot of folks in the black community, you vote for the Democrat candidate, right? Well, if you sit down, like this guy said, and you look at what the Democrats have done for minority groups in this country, what they've promised and what they've actually done, maybe it is time to make a different decision. Everybody in this country, no matter what color you are right now, is pretty much in miserable, in misery, in distress, suffering under Joe Biden. Okay? It's not just one. It's, it's everyone. And, and, and people are waking up to that. I think it was Ellen Griswold who once said, it's the holidays and we're all in misery. (laughs) Uh, Amazon is reportedly eyeing some office space in Florida because Jeff Bezos, who's still going through his transformation into Pitbull, is getting ready to leave Seattle and move permanently into Florida. Lower taxes, better for business. So, much like the song and dance we did a couple of years ago, where everybody was vying to get that new Amazon headquarters, it sounds like this time Jeff Bezos is like, all right, build up Miami. We're putting a factory in there. Wait a minute. I I thought Florida was the state run by Republican Ron DeSantis, who was, you know, banning books and uh, <laughs> anti, uh, uh, you know, getting rid of quote unquote uh, uh, black historical uh, history uh, in colleges and voting rights being violated. But wait, boy, you know. They must have cut him a sweetheart deal, though. Taxes. I mean, there's no. First of all, there's no state income tax in Florida, which is awesome. If you've never lived in a state, I lived in Texas for two years. There was no state income tax. It was awesome. Was everything else more expensive though? Because that's one of the things uh, I hear. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, they like the liquor was triple taxed three right. times over. Yeah. The state finds a way to get their money. Sure. Like if they're not doing it on income tax, they're doing it another way. But I just thought, you know, there were there were LGBTQ people that were uh, taking to TikTok saying, "I'm moving out of Florida." This this is an oppressive state. How can ultra-radical uh, radical progressive Jeff Bezos, ultra-leftist Amazon, be moving to Florida? Tell me what's going on here. The New York Post claims that Bezos is seeking roughly 50,000 square feet of office space. Um, this is from an Amazon spokesperson and Jeff Bezos confirming to the New York Post. It's almost like Seattle just sucks. <laughs> right? Maybe the Oklahoma City Thunder, who used to be the Seattle Supersonics, were ahead of the game. They looked at what was happening there and said, look, you guys may be into basketball, but this place sucks. We're getting the hell out of here. We're bringing Kevin Durant out of here, and we're leaving. Now, Durant ultimately left them, but that's neither here nor there. But again, it feels like it's deja vu here. It seems like only yesterday, Nige, I was writing a letter to Jeff Bezos and Amazon, trying to get Indianapolis to get that Amazon hub, and I was trying to tell him why Miami was a bad choice. Dear Jeff Bezos, thanks so much for making our city, Indianapolis, a finalist for your second corporate headquarters. We think Indy is a great choice. 
much better than some of the other cities on your list, like Miami. Did you know that Miami is the official guys that wear too much cologne capital of the world? Here's some more info on Miami. The city's chief imported good is cocaine. Yes. And the city's chief exported good is cocaine. Yes. Plus, on really hot days, you can smell the corpse of Fidel Castro wafting over from Cuba. Here's some news from the future. Amazon selects Miami for their second corporate headquarters. Here's more news from the future. Hurricane Kenny has destroyed Amazon's second headquarters in Miami. $5 billion in damage, 50,000 employees dead. Miami is a confusing city. The breasts on their women? Fake. But the rafts arriving on shore carrying eight or nine defecting Cubans? Very real. (laughs) And you have to ask yourself this. If Miami was such a great place, why did LeBron James leave it to go back to Cleveland? (laughs) Think of your female employees. Preliminary numbers have shown that every one of your female employees will eventually be impregnated by Don Johnson, Vanilla Ice, or Dan Marino. (laughs) Do you want that on your conscience? Thanks so much for your time. Sincerely, The Hammer and Nigel Show. I think the letter still holds up. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. It's Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Let's do a little good news. Tired of all this craziness. Tired of the bad news. Let's do some good news. This Kentucky student was adopted by her principal after initially being punished for throwing a cup of yogurt at lunch. After hearing her story, Jason Smith and his wife, Mary Beth, decided to foster Raven and eventually adopt her back in 2017. Here in J- Here's Jason and May Beth, along with their daughter, Raven, talking about how they all became a family. She said that she had thrown a cup of yogurt at lunch. And uh, I asked, well, if you were out at a restaurant, would you do that there? And I was like, I've never really been to a restaurant. I don't really have a family. I'm in a group home. They say that a mother falls in love with a child at first sight. And I can remember Raven walking into that room that day, that scared little kid. And I just knew in my heart, this is what's supposed to be. The same weekend, we went and painted the room, my favorite color, teal. I just like knew that everything happens for a reason. You know, it's one thing for a family to, to adopt uh, a, you know, a young a baby or you know a toddler that has gone through the foster care system. It's it's another thing for them to adopt a teenager, which I I'd have to think that is that is a rarity. That's tough. That's incredible. It's tough for everybody involved. The you know the kid and those doing the adopting. But did you catch what she said there? Like this, these are the things that we take for granted. This teenager, whatever, says that I've never really been to a restaurant before. That's incredible. Ugh. 
Like, how often do we go out to eat? Like, all the time. You don't even think about it. Right. And here's a young lady that has never really been out to a restaurant before. That's unbelievable, man. Indiana, you know, I'm I'm very close with people that are involved with foster care and a DCS here in in Central Indy. It needs a lot of work. And that is a major understatement. I'll just leave it at that. So, you wanted good news, right? Well, I can't help you with that. I've got some bad news. Oh, no. A restaurant's $1 burrito event has been linked to a norovirus outbreak. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's the uh, stomach flu, right? Oh, no. Bunch of college kids up in Chicago learned a very important life lesson this past week. If somebody offers you a burrito for cheap, (laughs) be very, very suspicious. There's a... Mexican restaurant near the campus of Northwestern that had dollar burrito event last week, and now it's been linked to the norovirus outbreak, often known as the stomach flu. Yeah, somebody doesn't wash their hands, they use the bathroom, and then they start prepping food. It's so contagious, so easy to pass. My family had it at the beginning of 2022. We all got it instantly. I don't know how we got the stomach flu, but it was coming out of both ends, and we were all... I couldn't get out of bed for three days. The kids recovered pretty quickly. My wife was in bed for about a day. Uh, We got it late Sunday night, and I wasn't able to get back here to work until Thursday. It's awful. It's one of the... I took COVID 10 weeks in a row before I ever go through something like that again. I've, I've rarely had it. It's, I've only had it a few times in my life, but but man, oh man, you might as well just close that restaurant down. I would never go back there in a million years. Remember when Matt Hasselback was the quarterback on the Colts, and he was the backup quarterback, but I think it was Andrew Luck. Somebody got injured, and he had to be the starter. Yeah, and he had it, didn't he? He got well, a bad burrito, and ooh. man, he had to make it through a game, an NFL game, battling that kind of stuff. How do you, <laughs> I mean, you're clinching the whole time. Right. Right. I mean, that is, boy, some photo finishes, I'm sure, on some of those quarterback hits. Um, If you're looking for a reason to drink tonight, I think this is a fun reason to drink. 29 years ago today, on this very date in 1994, Jeffrey Dahmer was beaten to death by a fellow inmate while cleaning a prison toilet. Wow. I think that's a reason to celebrate, right? One of the most horrific mass murderers this country has serial, ever seen serial killer died i believe with the um the the end of the the plunger or the uh, broom in his buttocks right i believe uh if i'm not mistaken yeah i didn't did you watch did you watch that thing on netflix i did not show? I, I can't watch it i can't watch i cannot watch it that, that guy I, whoever the actor is looked just like him exactly I can't get through that stuff, put that in my head anymore. I refuse to watch it. I heard it was very, very dark. My favorite part of that is I saw an interview with that guy. Now, I haven't seen the show, yeah. but he said, like, when they weren't filming, you know, they'd go to, like, McDonald's or something for lunch. <laughs> and he's in full Jeffrey Dahmer costume, walking into, like, a McDonald's to eat, and everybody's creeped out and looking at him. <laughs> Wouldn't you be? <laughs> 100%. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Hey, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Uh, shooting in Broad Ripple last night. This time, 
At Connor's Pub, you think back to 2019, Hammer, Connor's Pub had a, a shooting that involved a pretty popular pillar of the community there in Broad Ripple. A part-time bouncer shot and killed. They found that guy that did that, and he's spending 80 years in jail. What happened last night? So, at Connor's Pub, the same place, around 1.20 a.m., they had a regular, like a frequent visitor, somebody that you know goes to Connor's all the time, got into some sort of altercation and shot a security guard. Jeez. And again, this was after midnight, around 1.20 in the morning. IMPD says the security guard was listed in stable condition okay, good. at the uh, hospital. But again, man, there's just something going on in Broad Ripple lately. And we've been saying for a while, the crime that's downtown isn't just going to stay here. It will ultimately make its way into other parts of central Indiana. And we're starting to see that. Even in some of the areas where you don't normally associate crime, you're seeing a little bit more. You hear more headlines, and it's been a rough year for Broadway. Yes, I mean you have, of course, the you know the same business had the security guard, again a popular guy, very well known in the in the community there in Broadway, shot in cold blood in 2019 uh, outside Connors. Um, shooting in June left three people dead, another one injured. Shooting in July, injuring four people. And people are solving their differences with uh, guns right right now. I mean, that's that's plain and simple. It's just they have no regard for human life. They don't care about the consequences. They don't care about dying. They don't care about going to jail. Um, they just care about wielding their what they perceived as, as power over another human being and ending their life. And let's stop with the whole argument that like Joe Hogsett and Ryan Mears are going to make. It's a gun problem. It's a gun problem. I got a funny feeling, just a hunch that the majority of the people that are shooting people in cold blood in crowded areas don't give a damn about the gun law. Oh, I just been waiting for them to institute constitutional carry. Now I can finally, finally go shoot that security guard that I've been wanting to do all these years. Ridiculous. It's a horrible, rotten person problem. It's not a gun problem. If these people had knives available, they would have used knives. If they would have had guillotines available, they would have used guillotines. Guns were probably the easiest thing they could find, so they used them. But bad, rotten actors will be and will do bad, rotten actor things. And it's been a rough year for Broad Ripple. It got so bad at one point, if you remember, and we talked to a couple Broad Ripple business owners, they, and I'm using air quotes, voluntarily closed down early because a lot of the business owners in Broad Ripple felt like they were being scapegoated by the mayor's office. Well, not only that, but there was only there was one or two problem bars in Broad, Broad Ripple that were that was having the most difficulty, should we say? Right. They weren't monitoring their clientele, and um, I think that was causing a problem for the rest of the bar community there. And the way that construction had been in Broad Ripple, oh my gosh, it hasn't been condu- conducive to. 
economic success for these business owners. And if there is a situation where people need to flee, people need to evacuate, a lot of the construction and closures and fencing fencing kind of made it like fish in a barrel where everybody was trapped in and then it became chaotic. So it's been a really rough year in Broad Ripple. Man, I'm starting to hear more and more about this Jonathan Taylor injury for the Indianapolis Colts. Colts running back? His status is in doubt for this upcoming big divisional game on the road down in Nashville against the Titans this Sunday. And according to a report from the NFL Network, Jonathan Taylor injured his thumb in the game last week. And now he will require, quote, further evaluation for the injury and all options are being considered. Yeah, all options were considered for Anthony Richardson as well. Right. All options usually is fancy talk for the injured list. It's amazing to watch Jonathan Taylor run and find little tiny holes in that offensive line last week to make for big yardage, wasn't it? Because I, you know, when they finally did give him the ball, right? I would like to have seen more of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I thought there's no way he's getting anywhere through the, but he was not only able to, you know, make 20, 30 yard runs, but also uh, get and score a touchdown as well. So I, I he is. I mean, is he the face of the franchise? Yes. At this point? Well, he's paid to be the face of the franchise, that's (laughs) for sure. So if he can't go, whether it's for one week, multiple weeks, or the rest of the year, Zach Moss... Yeah, he's been doing well. Who's been doing pretty well would get the bulk of the carries. Now, keep in mind, Zach Moss, before Jonathan Taylor came back, remember there was a little drama at the beginning of the year, Zach Moss led the league in rushing through like three weeks of the NFL season, so keep an eye on that story. Betting a community... Do not make your wagers until you find out what happens with Jonathan Taylor. You learned your lesson with uh, Burrow, correct? Yep. I have been burned by an injury bet before. Just when you think somebody's healthy and they get off the bus and then you find out they've been injured the whole time, it kind of stinks. Today is what's known as Giving Tuesday. So if you keep track of what's going on, there was Black Friday where you go out physically to the stores and do your shopping. Cyber Monday. Don't forget about Small Town Business. Small Business Saturday. Small Business Saturday, where you support the mom and pop shops. Cyber Monday, where I believe you do your cybering. And then... (laughs) Is that how it works? (laughs) And then today is Giving Tuesday, where a lot of people make charitable donations. Here on the Hammer and Nigel Show, we encourage you to do one of two things. Number one, buy a ticket to our bowling event coming up because that's going to a great charity that helps out veterans and we've got the wibc radiothon to benefit the salvation army uh, bed and breakfast club coming up here not this friday but next friday so if you want to make a charitable donation you can do it there but take a listen to this there's a (laughs) there's a story out right now about some of the most bizarre items people have donated to goodwill Okay, because today's Giving Tuesday. Some people donate to Goodwill. And this list was put together with help from Goodwill workers and shoppers. Okay. Do you donate to Goodwill? Have you ever pulled up and unloaded? Yeah. yeah, Bunch of old clothes the boys have grown out of and things like that. So take a listen to this. According to this list from actual Goodwill workers and shoppers, these are some of the more bizarre things people have donated to Goodwill. 
A guillotine. <laughs> like a real live, honest to goodness, head chopping guillotine. The employee says it went for 30 bucks inside the store. Good deal. If I'm looking around for a guillotine, the first place I'm going is Goodwill. You know who I bet bought it? Guy Relford. <laughs> I got five bucks that he's also the guillotine guy. <laughs> Other things on the list, uh, <laughs> a glass jar labeled fart, <laughs> June 1975. Oh, wow. I mean, I wonder what a glass jar labeled fart from 1975 goes for on the uh, secondhand market. <laughs> um, a rock, just a normal rock. And Goodwill put an $11 tag on it, and it sold. Okay. Um, a Louis Vuitton purse with human teeth inside of it. Yee. Again, this is a list of bizarre things people have donated to Goodwill. The list put together by Goodwill workers and shoppers. Now, if you purchase that glass jar labeled fart, June 1975, uh, if you're the one that bought that, you open that sucker and take a whiff, right? Yeah. You want to smell I mean- Peter Frampton when you open <laughs> that thing up. <laughs> what? A chair shaped like a Labrador retriever. Cool. A glow-in-the-dark Ouija board. Okay. A coffin? (laughs) Oh, hell, Kenny died last week. Somebody go over to Goodwill and see if they got any coffins on special. Um, Underwear for squirrels. Okay. Now, I'm not above buying underwear for squirrels. Who's going to try to put it on them? Because those things, they don't seem like they're calm. Like, you don't get a squirrel to just sit down and take it easy while putting the underpants on the squirrel. Seems like they're rabid. Right, right. A compromising painting of Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons. <laughs> a compromising painting? It shows Rosie the Robot posing provocatively. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bags of garbage have been donated Come on. to Goodwill. And a basket of taxidermy kittens. Wow, that's, that's morbid. That's disturbing. That's creepy. I'm curious to know if they sold the glass jar labeled Fart June 1975. Because it doesn't have a price for that. Right, right. Maybe it's still on the shelf and it's you know going to are you appreciate buy- in value. Are you buying it for the jar or what's inside, supposedly? Both. Both <laughs> is the correct answer to that. Ever and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run some stories by you. You will be the one, Big Nige, that weighs out all the information and gives us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? All right. A video has gone viral of an employee at a Walmart in Illinois. Uh Uh-oh. Giving a sad, emotional farewell on the store's PA system. Oh, okay. So we're going to play you some audio here. Now, the second part of this clip is her in her car afterwards reflecting on the past 10 years of working at that Walmart. Attention Walmart, this is Gail Lewis, 10-year associate, signing out. Good night. So today was an end of an era for me. It's a happy sad because I'm going to be going to a better job. Those people became like family. I've been through a lot with them. They watched my back. I watched theirs. They helped me out. 
I helped them out. We even went through a pandemic together. It just hurts, but it's a happy sad because where I'm going, I'm going to be better off where I'm at. Wow. Imagine being upset that you got a better job and you get to leave Walmart after a decade. But it sounds like she had really nice co-workers, a good experience there. Right. It was the people that yeah. she'll miss. Have you ever worked anywhere for that long? 10 years? I, I ZPL. Mean, like, okay. You were there for over a decade? Yeah. I think it was right at 10 years. I, I started from just being the promotion weasel all the way up yeah. the food chain. I've been here. I started here in this building in 2002. Took a little break, but uh, I think all in all, I mean, it's it's been 18 years, I think. Well, the break it's, counts, though. You don't get to say 18 years. If you had a break, <clears throat> I think then you have to reset, well, then, right? Then next year, it'll be 10 years. Okay. Do they still pass out watches around here if you've been here? Like <laughs> that was just that was when Emmis and Jeff Simoleon owned us. I did get a watch. You did? Yeah, I did get a watch. Okay, so they, they counted it. Okay, they counted it. They didn't count the break. So I got the watch after I came back and was working here again. So this woman had a very emotional, yeah, positive experience sure. saying goodbye to Walmart. It was nice. Great moments in quitting your job history. <laughs> I knew it. Here's somebody that had a different experience leaving Walmart. I've been a loyal employee here for over a year and a half, and I'm sick of all the bogus <laughs> write-ups and my job. F*** management, f*** this job, and f*** Walmart. <laughs> Listen to the round of yeah, applause there was, he there got was there. Cheering. The <laughs> so that was cheering. So that was on the PA at Walmart. Yes. Wow. Okay. Great moments in quitting your job history. Scarface leaving his job in half baked. <laughs> you, you, oh, you, no. you're cool. And you, I'm out. And last but certainly not least, this one gives you the full range of emotions. The episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza quits his job, yes. but then comes back and acts like nothing ever happened. This is it. I'm done. Through. It's over. I'm gone. <laughs> Finished. Over. I will never work for you again. Look at you. <laughs> you think you're an important man? Is that what you think? You are a laughing stock. You are a joke. These people are laughing at you. You're nothing. You have no brains, no ability, nothing. I quit. Is that Costanza over there? <laughs> what back. are you doing here? What? Am I crazy? Or didn't you quit? When? <laughs> what, what, that? Are you kidding? I didn't quit? Wait, you took that seriously. <laughs> you know that's a true story about Larry David, the co-creator of Seinfeld. Is it? When he was writing for Saturday Night Live, he was so miserable, he had a big blow up and then realized what he did and just kind of showed back up the next day <laughs> to work and nobody said anything he just kept yeah, going back that's a that's a real life experience is this anything the first ever world cup for picking up garbage took place in japan this past year sorry the world cup for picking up garbage and the british team ended up taking first place here is a member of team usa talking about their strategy for Again, I can't stress this enough. The World Cup of Picking Up Garbage. We did really good. We stayed together. We just tried to really focus. Sometimes it was really hard because there wasn't really that much trash. But that's when we had to look a little bit deeper, like in the bushes, or just really focus on the cigarette butts on the floor. 
no, no, this is nothing. This is some sort of environmental group that puts on this thing every year. It flies different people in from different countries all over the world, which leaves a huge carbon footprint. So they're sure. obviously very worried about the environment. Really, they could have just hired the people that cleaned up San Francisco. I mean, they got that done within a couple of days when the, when the communist Chinese dictator was in town. Okay, so here's the contest we need. If you really want the World Series of picking up garbage, you have the people that were tasked with picking up San Francisco to make it look clean for President Xi yeah. against the people that clean up the motor speedway the day after the Indy 500. Because <laughs> they do an immaculate job. I know. All those groups, yeah. man. And there's some crazy stuff that they find. So that one, that is the true World Series. The, the British, so the British, I, I don't know what team USA, I don't know where they finished, but British, the, the British team took for first place and brought in 126 pounds of rubbish. I'm going to start calling trash rubbish again. I think it's more classy. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It could be a tuxedo t-shirt with the sleeves cut out. But if you use the word rubbish, I think people respect and you. And doesn't Kevin from Home Alone use the word rubbish when he, he was does. talking about uh, the movies that he was watching? He does. I'm eating junk food and watching rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yeah, I think this is a win for Nikki Haley and a loss for DeSantis. Hammer, the uh, Koch brothers, uh, got deep pockets. They're billionaires, and they uh, they have this uh, network called the Americans for Prosperity Action, who donates to uh, you know heavy Republican causes. Put their uh, weight behind Nikki Haley. The official announcement coming uh, this week, and so I think DeSantis thought he was going to get that endorsement, but um, but no, he he is. Uh, um, you know, he lost out on a lot of money here uh, from that from that endorsement. I'm curious, man, to see what happens in Iowa because all of the polling from the state of Iowa shows that Donald Trump landslide. But we've seen wacky things happen with the Iowa caucuses. And honestly, even if you lose Iowa, let's say Donald Trump does lose Iowa. It's not the end of the world. A lot of people win Iowa, and then their campaigns fizzle out as they get on to other states. For the Democrats, I believe it was Pete Buttigieg won Iowa and won another early state, and then fizzled out because he ran out of money. So let's see what happens in Iowa. But you're right. If they're not going to spend their money on Donald Trump, and it looks like the Koch brothers, big-time donors, don't necessarily like Donald Trump, it came down to... Ron DeSantis against Nikki Haley, and Nikki Haley well, was the recipient. And she was, and Nikki Haley goes back a long way with the this this political network, these donors, Koch brothers, with uh, you know all the way back to the Tea Party, and when she ran for governor of South Carolina. So there's a little relationship history, there. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm curious again. I've never been somebody that thinks Iowa's the end-all to be-all. If you win yeah. Iowa, it's not over. If you lose Iowa, it's not over. Uh, 
But a lot of time being spent in that state by Ron DeSantis. And right now, he's trailing in the polls. He's losing out to big donors. Does this make this debate that he's doing with Gavin Newsom later in the week, Nige, all that much more important? Well, I just like the mere, I like the appearance of the debate. It's like they don't even, him and Newsom, don't, don't even, aren't even considering anybody else. It's like these, everybody else that's running in the GOP and in the Democratic primaries, they're also rans as far as DeSantis and Newsom are concerned. I don't care who else is running. This is the debate. This is the, these are the two candidates that people want, America want, and we're going to do this debate. That's a least what it appears to me to be happening here. Now, on paper, Ron DeSantis should beat up Gavin Newsom on policy. Yeah, California's a disaster. But man, Gavin Newsom, he is a used car salesman. He is a slick used car salesman. He speaks well. He wins people over. You know, he's a decent looking guy. He's got that charisma that wins people over so you don't notice the horrible job that he's actually doing as the governor. So for those who think Ron DeSantis is just going to bulldoze and, you know, beat the brakes off of DeSantis, I'm sorry, of Gavin Newsom here. Man, pump the brakes a little bit, because Gavin, he's not afraid to do this. It's a win-win for him either way. He's going on Fox News. He's going into the lion's den, which he's done before. Yeah, with Hannity. And even if you say DeSantis wins the debate, whatever that means for you, Gavin can go back and tell his crowd, I went on Fox, I debated against Ron DeSantis, Sean Hannity was the moderator, he wasn't rooting for me to win, and I held my own, I did well, and when Joe Biden steps aside, perhaps, that's when Gavin Newsom says, I deserve to be the guy at the top of the ticket. So there's a story in the NBA about a player named Josh Giddy. Now, I talked about this a little bit earlier with uh, Rob Kendall and Casey Daniels when I appeared on their oh, show. Oh, yeah, I heard that. I heard a little bit of that. There's a lot of layers to this, and nothing, let me just say for the record right now, nothing has been confirmed. But if you type in Josh Giddy's name on Twitter, you're going to see this dude, this 21-year-old ball player, being called every name under the sun, being dragged for being an alleged pedophile. Now, the story is that when Giddy, again, plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Where's he from? Australia. He's an awesome Australia okay. kid. Pretty good ball player. He's their point guard. He was in a club. He was 20 years old. It was an 18 and over nightclub. So he's in this 18 and over nightclub, and he hooks up with a young lady. Well, there are stories, and again, Let me make this clear. Nobody is confirmed, but stories on social media, because there's pictures, claim that the woman he hooked up with was not of legal age. She lied to get into the club. Fake ID or something like that? Something. So, they have relations, and there's a post-relations selfie of the two. And somebody pointed out, wait a minute, that's the uh, point guard of the Thunder, and that's a woman that I know is not of legal age. So, this Josh Giddy cat is being called every name, being called a pedophile, but his argument is, listen, I was in an 18 and over club. I was 20 years old. I figured everybody here had to be 18 years of age. I didn't card her before we you know, had relations. Well, he should have talked to Derek Jeter then. 
gotten some advice from him. Right. Derek Jeter gets your information. You leave your phone <laughs> and your keys there, and you get an autographed basket the next so, day. Well, so is there criminal charges? Or is this just no, thing no. Going, Both sides okay. have not said anything. But this only is a topic on social media oh, because okay. somebody recognized the photo and said, whoa, 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 hold on here. It was a poor decision to take a post coitus selfie that never works out well for anybody yeah but is there something to this and allison i want to get your perspective here as a female here should we vilify this basketball player for hooking up with this chick uh does this video and does this picture vindicate him in any way for saying listen she was in an 18 and over club I don't know. It's it's tricky because too. It's not like the the girl was also speaking out and saying she's been assaulted or anything, right? No, no. Both parties are being silent. That doesn't matter if law enforcement gets involved and you you are a twenty year old guy and and you hooked up with an underage girl that quote unquote lied about her age. That's not an excuse. Right. It's it's not in terms of law enforcement. Oh, she lied about her age. Okay. Well, you're off the hook. Now that doesn't work like that. But as far as you say, there's nothing criminal going Nothing on. yet, no, nothing. anyway. The league has said they're looking into the matter. The NBA has. Nothing uh, legally yet. But if you're Josh Giddy and you go back to your team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, or you're hearing with the NBA, and you say... I haven't done anything wrong. I was in a club. I was not drunk. I was not drinking. I did not have any weapons on me. Everybody in there had to be 18. And I met a girl. And it, the pictures of this girl are on social media. She looks like she's in her 20s. Uh, she yeah, looks old. No. And you end up doing the thing. <laughs> you know the thing. Do you have a case <laughs> there at all? Like, yeah. I'll wait for more information on this one before I make a definitive an- give a definitive answer. But it sounds sure. like it sounds like this was um, some sort of misunderstanding. Like, who can trust what's on the internet anyway? Yeah, that's right. what's going to happen on Twitter when you post something like that. You're going to get dragged through the mud. Right. Never ever, and I can't stress this enough. Post a post relations selfie. And by the way, the league, just like the NFL, just like Major League Baseball, they don't have to wait for a criminal investigation. They don't have to wait for anything. They can do whatever they want. Look at the um, the Major League Baseball picture that got drugged through the mud for two years, right? Without any uh, charges being filed. But see, that's the thing. Like his rep, Trevor Bauer was his name. His reputation has been completely ruined, even though he didn't do anything wrong other than have consensual rough relations. And that's not my opinion. A judge refused to press any charges against yeah. Trevor Bauer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, I, there's a lot going on here. I hate for this 20-year-old guy's reputation to be soiled for the rest of his life if he didn't think he was doing anything wrong here. And my wife, because I was talking to Crystal about this, brings up a good point. It's chicks like this that give real victims problems because now nobody wants to believe real victims yeah. absolutely when you know people like this sneak into nightclubs take selfies and now nobody's saying anything but sooner or later she's going to have to speak on something was it, right was it a could you not be older than 21 to be in this nightclub or was it just like an 18 years of age 18 old? years of age and up okay all right so we're, uh, are you allowed to drink alcohol? 
in this club, I wonder. Like, but you, like if you, they check your ID and you get a wristband if you're 21 years of age right. or older, but 18-year-olds could still be in this bar? Yeah. That seems a little shady. I mean, there are some places are where like you can okay. do that. Um, I know Chicago used to be like that years okay. ago. I don't know All if right. it still is or not. Um, and again, I don't know which nightclub this was in. He plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but he was 20 at the time. He just now turned 21, and he thought everybody in there was 18 and over. So there's a lot of layers to this story here. You're right. Probably best just to let everything play out. But right now, like if you were a relative of this guy, if that were your kid and you type in his name and everybody's calling him a pedophile when his argument was, listen, she was in the club. I thought she was 18. You had to be at least 18 to be in here. It's only two years younger than I am right now. I'm a 20-year-old dude. It's not like it's, you know, he's 45 and she's 18. It's not like that. Again, it's a lot going on here. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. And Hammer, remind people what inspired this in-season version of Biden Madness. The NBA. The NBA decided this year they were going to have an in-season tournament. And the Pacers have actually done really well in it. So we thought, all right, if the NBA can do it, we will do the same. Last night wasn't one of those games, was it? Thank God. (laughs) Pacers laid an egg last night, man. It was rough. Last night's game was not part of the in-season tournament. No. The Pacers are 4-0 in the in-season tournament so far, so they're advancing to the knockout round. So we thought, we're going to do... Biden Madness, in-season tournament, Joe Biden against Kamala Harris. Some of your favorite sound bites competing against each other. So, let's recap yesterday's matchup. We had the number eight seed, the lowest seed in this tournament, Kamala Harris giving her speech about the children of the community. You know, when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community... They are a children of the community. (laughs) It's strong. It is strong. (laughs) Because, again, it sounded like Thornton Mellon talking about the Great Gatsby. You characterize the Great Gatsby. Well, the Great Gatsby was uh, uh, great. (laughs) Great Gatsby was great. Children of the community are the children of the community. That was going against the number one seed in this tournament, the winner of the first Biden Madness tournament we ever had, Joe Biden trying to recite the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> and by your Twitter votes, 78.2% to 21.8. Oh wow. The winner. You know the thing. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. That's a hard one to beat. That's going to be I tough. Mean, Kamala though, with the the children of the community, it's such so dumb. So here's today's matchup: the number three seed, Kamala's catchphrase, the phrase that she uses in every speech, unburdened by what has been. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been. You know? What can be unburdened by what has been? 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 What can be? These are all different speeches. Unburdened by what has been. What can be? 
unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. Who we can be <laughs> unburdened by who we have been. What can be. Oh, dear Lord, make it stop. Where we can be unburdened <laughs> by where we have been and unburdened by where we are right now. What can be unburdened by what has been. So that's the number three seed. Kamala's crutch, her catchphrase, unburdened by what has been. Taking on the number six seed in our tournament, this is Joe Biden speaking at some award show, butchering LL Cool J's name and then calling him boy. You are the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America. LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that boy's got, he got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's. <laughs> That's this is that was the lower seat, or I'm sorry, that was that was number six, right? Right. And Kamala was what? Unburdened by what has been as the three seed, LL Cool J's name being butchered and being called boy is the lower seed, the number six seed. Isn't Kamala? Could that be considered like her catchphrase? Like if you're going to see a Kamala speech, you want to hear, <laughs> like you when you go back in the day, you want to hear the Rock say, "If you smell what the Rock." You know, <laughs> right. if you go to see Rodney Dangerfield, as long as we're talking about Rodney Dangerfield back in the day, you know, you want to hear him say, I get no respect. Right. If you're going to see a Kamala Harris speech, you want to hear, unburdened by what has been. Like, right? Uh, is the crowd waiting for it? <laughs> there it is! Yeah! They stand up and cheer whenever she says that. All right, is that live on Twitter? Yes, you can vote right now on Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel. <laughs> the poll is live. Which clip do you want to move on? Kamala's catchphrase or LL Cool J's name being butchered and being called boy. Vote now at Hammer and... Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nigel. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. White House has confirmed nine American hostages are still being held by Hamas in Gaza. Uh, my question here, Hammer, there has been several transfers of hostages during this multi-day ceasefire or pause. Why haven't more Americans been part of this initial release? It's an interesting question. I mean, because what's Biden been doing? Joe Biden has been talking. Anthony Blinken has been traveling, <laughs> trying to get the ear of everybody involved. And the whole point of this pause, ceasefire, whatever you want to call it, I prefer pause, was to make sure that some of these hostages got out. Well, that has happened, but very few Americans 
Now, nine Americans are still being held hostage. Nine Americans, and not only was Joe Biden like trying to negotiate over the weekend, but he was doing it from Nantucket. I mean, the fact that he was not even in the Oval Office at the White House while American hostages are still being held by these monsters tells me all you need to know about Joe Biden. He doesn't care about these people, and it's <laughs> it's completely emblematic and indicative of his entire administration these past couple of years. Well, this is par for the course, right? Joe Biden has left Americans overseas before, sure. and he has no problem, apparently, doing it again. When the United States had that debacle of a withdrawal from Afghanistan, he left people behind. There were Americans that were left behind. Now, some chose to stay, but some wanted to get the hell yeah. out of there. And Joe Biden just drove off, flew off, and gave him the middle finger. And now, nine American hostages. I grew up in a time, Nige, and again, maybe I'm dating myself. I'm 46 here. Where having an American hostage held against their will was a pretty important deal in this country. And now... It's almost like, eh, Joe Biden's got well, other things to worry about. There's a, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of uh, big, uh, giant aircraft carriers uh, that are sitting there in the Mediterranean, seeming not, kind of not just hanging out there, not doing anything. And Joe Biden, again, if he's talking with Qatar, that's where, like, kind of, Qatar is like the mediation center for Hamas. Uh, I, I swear to God, if this whole thing doesn't wind up with the leaders from Hamas being dragged out of their fancy hotels in Qatar and being executed, that's it's not a victory, in my opinion, for Israel. I'm a romantic. That sounds good yeah. to me. I'm fine with that. And I'm telling you, what's happening to these hostages, Hamas is trying to make this look like, oh, we're treating them well. Look at the videos. They're smiling and waving. It's all smoke and mirrors. And I think everybody knows that. There was a dad of a hostage that was interviewed on CNN last night. He got his daughter back. Nine-year-old Emily Hand was just released from Hamas terrorists. Her father was on CNN last night. Now, mind you, this young girl was kidnapped alongside her friend and her friend's mother at a sleepover on October 7th. The hmm. terrorists originally told this young lady, your family's dead. We've killed them all. So they've already played mental games with her. They have released her. She's been reunited with her dad. Listen to her dad's story of this awful, awful situation and how now his daughter can only whisper. And the most shocking, disturbing part of the meeting was um, she was just whispering. I had to put my ear on her lips, like this close, and say, what did you say? Um, she said, I thought you were kidnapped. She thought I was in captivity. They thought they'd kidnapped me. She didn't know what the hell happened apart from that morning. So she's presumed everyone's kidnapped or killed or slaughtered or she had no idea. Well, one of the other one of the other uh, reports I saw is that the Hamas uh, terrorists were showing the hostages the kids footage of the actual attacks that day, making them watch what unfolded that day. 
horrific in, in and of itself, making children watch that, some of it witnessing firsthand. And I don't know what has happened to this young woman in question here, this nine-year-old, but she can only whisper right yeah. now. Ugh. What has gone on behind closed doors? These are the monsters that we're dealing with, and there are nine Americans still being held by these people, and Joe Biden's eh, not really giving a damn. And that's frustrating. Uh, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, is expected to return to Israel later this week in hopes of extending the ceasefire. This will be his third trip to the region since the war began. But according to the press release from the White House, there's nothing here about American hostages. Look, if it were me, I and I had... Somebody, a loved one, being held hostage. I'd be all right. Yeah, ceasefire. Let 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 these Palestinian criminals go. Swap them. I don't care how many. But at the same time, man, there has got to be a resolution. There's no way Hamas can be allowed to exist and and run things there. I hope Israel does not submit to international pressure coming from and including America to stop eradicating. Hamas from Israel. That's got to happen. No way should Israel stop. Yeah. None whatsoever. You finish the job. You want to wipe Hamas off? Do it. Do it now. Because, again, this attack that took place on October 7th happened during a ceasefire. Ceasefires mean nothing to these people. Pauses mean nothing to these people. They just use it for a chance to reload and replan. And I understand the argument. That yeah. you know, we have to get these hostages out of there. But I also, and it's unpopular, I think, but I also understand the other argument that you're setting a precedence now that Americans and Jews and Israelis can be kidnapped and bad actors will get whatever they want in return. What happens when they run out of hostages? Great question. Questions we don't have the answer to right now. Um, how about some good news, Nige? You need some good news here? Please. According to the TSA, more than 2.9 million people traveled and were screened at airports in the United States the Sunday after Thanksgiving, setting an air traffic record. Almost 3 million people. I get the economy stinks, but we are a group, we are a country that when it comes time to see family, we will find a way to see some family. I couldn't imagine going to an airport the day after Thanksgiving, or I'm sorry, that Sunday after Thanksgiving. I'm telling you, the best times to travel are on the holidays. If you can make that possible, the the airports are empty, the airplane is yours. And on the heels of that report from the TSA, yesterday was Cyber Monday. And that was the biggest online shopping day ever. According to Adobe Analytics, Americans spent $12.4 billion shopping online yesterday, Nige. The one day of the year when things are actually cheap in this country. (laughs) Right. Marked down Cyber Monday. So, for those who spent some time on Amazon, here's a little tribute from Hammer and Nigel Records. 
comes Amazon, here comes Amazon, <laughs> right to my front door. Bags and boxes, soon as he knocks, it's Christmas time once more. Basketballs and Barbie dolls, Grandpa needs a nightlight. To help him see when he goes to pee, yes, Amazon comes tonight. Yep. Here comes Amazon, here comes Amazon, killing my shopping list. My bank account just can't keep up, my spouse is gonna be pin mad. Christmas trees and DVDs, my credit card is scorched. Now I just hope some worthless dope doesn't steal it all off of my porch. Thank there you. you Little tribute from Bravo. Hammer and Nigel Records. Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Former CNN host and thumb lookalike, Brian Stelter. We all remember the thumb, right? And the reason we call him the thumb is if you look at a picture of his stupid, fat, bald head, yep. and you put up your thumb right next to it, they look the same. <laughs> Identical. Anyway, the thumb has a new book out. It's a new book about Fox News. Oh, God. And the lies Fox News have been telling for years, and the inner workings of Fox News behind the scenes, and the corruption and the controversy. Well, it's totally flopped in its first week, so less than... I mean, what would you guess? I mean, the last book, to give you an idea, the last book Stelter wrote was something about um, Trump, and he did about 26,000 copies the first week. That's when he was employed at CNN and yes. was on TV every day. I'll say about half that, maybe 13. Under 4,000 copies. Oh! <laughs> oh! Are you okay with this? Under 4,000 copies. Yes, I'm thumb. okay with this. I love this because Brian Stelter. There is one of the great zeros of all time. I mean, this guy, I get CNN was a bottom feeder in the ratings, but you couldn't find anybody else to cover the media than this fat, ball headed, sensitive, crying eunuch <laughs> that you put on television every day named Brian Stelter. That was his specific job on CNN, was to kind of cover the media, right? right. I mean, pretty much all he'd do was talk about Tucker Carlson. That was his job. Well, and Michael Avenue. Yeah, right. Because oh, Brian Stelter had man. a very low-rated weekend program, and he was all in on Michael Avenatti for president. Yeah. That was like his thing. He wanted Avenatti to be the president of the United so States. Stormy Daniels, disgraced lawyer, also tried to shake down Nike right. and blackmail Which, them. Shocking. They had better lawyers. <laughs> Nike. Good Lord. Um, yes, I'm okay with this. The book totally flopped. Nobody cares what Brian Stelter thinks anymore. And remember when CNN Plus was going to be a thing, the streaming yeah. network? Right. He was supposed to have a bigger role in that. Can you imagine paying extra in your cable bill, Nige, no. to have Brian Stelter on your screen on demand? Horrible idea. Let's take a trip down memory lane here for those who might not remember the thumb. Okay. This is a little tribute we put together. Avenali has just been convicted on three counts for alleged extortion and other crimes. Uh, I've been getting some grief from Sean Hannity this weekend, speaking of, of Fox, right? From Hannity for once suggesting that I thought Avenali could be a serious candidate for president. <laughs> so, give me a media critique. Was that, was that stupid on my part? Yes, yeah. it was. 
Well, Brian Stelter has since left the New York Times. He's now the House eunuch at CNN. <laughs> Every day we're trying to keep track of the drip, drip, drip of the Russia investigation. Oh, Russian collusion. Trump supporters are in a cult. Okay. Do you believe that he's colluding with Russia? I wish I could just say no. Here's that weird little guy on CNN. <laughs> it wasn't until um, this Friday night that I hit a wall. And that's when the tears came. So we have nothing to compare this with. So it can be incredibly alarming. It can be incredibly depressing. Media can help. Making media oh. can help. But the emotions are real for everybody. They're a big part of the story. Oh, barf. <laughs> Less than 4,000 copies of his horrible book sold. Okay, if you get small kids in the car, I might want to turn this one down just for a minute, because we're talking about some Christmas-related stuff and someone that may or may not be coming down the chimney uh, on Christmas Eve, okay? So we got some kids. Maybe turn it down just real quick. There's a video that's gone viral of this dad who's confronting and roughing up some a-hole dressed in a Grinch costume, holding a big Santa is fake sign in front of an elementary school. We shouldn't lie to children. Hey. Not here today, please, sir. This is the altercation here. Stuff. Jerk off. <laughs> Got your license plate number. Got your license plate. Are you okay with what just transpired there? Am I okay with the uh, angry dad beating this guy up? Yes, I am. Yeah, and he didn't really even beat him up. He tried to take the sign. The sign said, again, um, if you got small kids that are worried about Santa, just turn down the volume here. But um, it, the sign said, Santa is fake, Jesus is real. And right. he's standing outside in a, uh, an elementary school in a Grinch costume holding it up. And the guy didn't really even beat him up. He just grabbed the sign from him. Well, he, he grabbed the guy, too. He oh, ripped he? the sign away, There's grabbed a lot of the guy, kind of threw him around. They tussled a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'm okay with the uh, guy roughing the Grinch up. I'm not okay with this moron standing outside with a sign yeah. uh, trying to do this to the kids. Every once in a while. There is somebody that needs punched in the face. And in this case, I feel like it's the guy with the sign here. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, and the police couldn't do anything, by the way. He was standing on a public sidewalk, which was across the street from the school, but it's where kids were getting dropped off. Right. So it wasn't like he was on private property. He was on a public sidewalk, and the police couldn't do anything about it. Because it's not illegal doesn't mean that it's right. I know. I'm sure yeah. I could probably stand on the opposite side of a church, you know, selling devil memorabilia. <laughs> doesn't make it right. Get your Slayer T-shirts here, ladies and gentlemen. Pitchforks, get them on there, hot. Pitchforks, who wants one? Come on. Actor Robert De Niro, a notorious anti-Trump hater, uh, spoke at the Gotham Awards and is now complaining that his accepted speech blasting Donald Trump was cut and edited from the teleprompter. Quoting De Niro, how dare they do that? Are you okay with this? 
No, this dude wears me out. Like, his act is so played out. I get it. You don't like Donald Trump. But instead of going to this award show, and I don't even know what the hell the Gotham Awards are, and accepting your award and thanking them for the honor, you made it all about yourself. You made it all about Donald Trump and how you hate him and the people that invited you there. To honor you, you flip the script and say, how dare they edit my Trump speech out? (laughs) Maybe they didn't want politics to be a big part of their award show, numbnuts. You're not the cab driver. You're not Mr. Tough Guy anymore. You're a senior citizen. You're yelling at the cloud. People are tired of this act. Not only that, but Robert De Niro is one of those guys who says, you know, I I punch Trump in the face or like just calls him derogatory names and doesn't have any really thing to back it up with because he doesn't have a writer. He's used to people feeding him lines and writing him and making him sound like a tough guy all his life. But when it comes down to it, he has nothing to say. One more. We got time for one more here. Let's do one more. In a recent survey, 64% of men say their number one dating red flag is identifying as a communist. (laughs) Are you okay with this? No, this is so full of crap. (laughs) So full of crap. Because I've got such very little faith in the younger dating community, they even know what a communist is. (laughs) This woke young generation, there's no way that 64% could identify a communist. And let me ask you this, Nige. Even if you knew... Somebody was a communist, but she was super hot, oh, and she was into you. Yeah, would you take her home? I think I, I think I could make an exception. Yeah. <laughs> if I you're out at the club politics. and yeah. Kate Upton is out there and she's single and she's into you and she's wearing a shirt with the hammer and sickle <laughs> on it, and you know 100 percent she is a communist. Is that a deal breaker? Uh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Richard Essex is an investigative reporter for our news partners over at Wish TV. Richard has been one of the folks following this Delphi murder trial and story from the very beginning. Richard, it feels like every day there's a new headline coming out in regards to this murder trial, this murder case. Yesterday, there was a deadline that the judge had to meet. Take us through what yesterday was about. Well, yesterday was, there's two things you need to know about what happened yesterday was both of the former defense attorneys for Richard Allen had filed a motion. They wanted some documents that they thought needed to be released, released, and they wanted the judge basically taken off of the case. And so that's, they had sent some tra- there was had been a big discussion in the judges' chambers at the last hearing with the defense attorneys, the judge, and the prosecutor 
And that transcript had been sent to the Supreme Court because there was some, you know, they were both claiming that the judge forced them off the case, ambushed them, didn't give give them a chance to prepare. So the, the judge is really responding to the transcripts or that conversation in her chambers at the last hearing in Allen County. So reading through all of these filings that came through yesterday, the, the attorney general sent one in and the judge sent one in yesterday. When you start digesting all this starts to feel very personal. It's starting to feel like they're not, it's not just professional standards that we're looking at, but personal standards that each party is trying to hold another one too. And when you start reading through the judge's response yesterday, uh, you, you know, she makes, of course, a very clear argument on why she should remain on the case. And I think the attorney general, well, the attorney general did say that she should remain on the case um, and that these guys are probably going to this is probably going to be the end of the road for them. This is probably be the last time we hear from them. Back up just a little bit here. Take me through why the attorney general is involved in this and what exactly did uh, the attorney general have to say? Well, the attorney general is involved because the he does represent the state in, in all legal matters. And he was kind of brought in as you know, that's just part of the function of, of that job. And his brief doesn't really have a bearing, so to speak. It does hold some weight, at, but it's really more of an opinion. You know, here's my opinion. And they, it's a it, matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now. It's a 21 page document and it's very well written and it makes a very good um, legal reason on why things, why the judge should remain on the case and why uh, the defense attorneys probably are not going to rejoin this case. Why did the judge in the first place say, hey, yeah, Rossi, Baldwin, you guys need to go? Well, it was over leaked documents, and and there had been the one the crime scene documents that had been released yep. from Baldwin's office, and then Baldwin also admitted that he accidentally emailed some documents to the wrong person. So the judge is looking at this as not one but two leaks of information, sensitive information from his office, and so the, you know the the best way to describe this is. The, the lawyer is the captain captain of that ship, and he is responsible for everything and everyone on that ship. And if somebody acts inappropriately on the in the engine room, he's responsible. So when you look at it in that kind of a context, you know they may not have been the best caretakers of of this evidence that was put in into their hands. Richard Essex is an investigative reporter for Wish TV, joining us to talk about the latest in the Delphi murder trial. Richard, I've said from the very beginning, it feels like the defense attorneys of Richard Allen want to make this a circus. They want to make this as chaotic as possible because maybe they feel like that's their only chance. That was my opinion from the very beginning. If somebody were to believe that, have they succeeded in creating exactly what they wanted? Have they created a circus with this trial? I, I, I think so. Um, you know, that the one brief that they sent out, the one file that they sent out that, that brought up the oldness and the ritualistic killing, that seemed very uh, just 
I've never seen anything like it. And everybody I've talked to, you know, nobody has ever seen a filing, you know, like that where you don't know what to make of it. And, you know, accusing these prison guards of being members of some Odinist, you know, society and then naming other people, other possible um suspects in this crime. I mean, not just referring to them as person A or person B, but I mean, naming people in in that. It, it seemed like they were, uh, you know, I don't know if they were stepping out of bounds, but it seemed very irregular to me. And when they, they did issue a press release just minutes before the gag order was originally put on this case. And, you know, their argument was, the prosecutor has had five years, four years of press conferences, and they've been able to get their information, their side of the story out, and they haven't had a chance to explain their side of the case. So in the beginning, I think everybody kind of gave them a little bit of a, a break, so to speak. You know, let's hear what they have to say. And then everything was clamped down <laughs> and they haven't they haven't said a word you know, since that gag order came out. So, so Richard Essex, investigative reporter, longtime uh, reporter for Wish TV, you've seen dozens, if not hundreds, of court cases. You've been in hundreds of courtrooms. Um, have you seen anything, in, generally speaking, quite like what's unfolded over the past few years with this case? No, no, I've never seen anything like this. And in most court cases that you go, when you go into, everything is very squared away. Everything's very orderly, and the. The prosecution makes their case, the defense makes their case, and you know there's the back and forth, but not this kind of you know, paper, these kind of accusations and filings and I mean leaking up, leaking of crime scene leaking, photos. Yeah, that and that in itself yeah. is. You know, I, I I have had those described to me, and they're 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 awful, and they should have never been never gotten out, and I don't. I don't think anybody has ever said that Baldwin did that intentionally. I, uh, somebody violated that trust with that office, with that person, took those pictures, and then disseminated them out. So Baldwin didn't have a direct hand at it. But then again, it's his ship, and he should have had a tight seal on, on what was going on in his office. Richard, have we heard from the family members of Abby and Libby? Do we know their thoughts on all of this stuff going on? We have not. And they have they have been pretty tight-lipped over the years and haven't really spoken much about the investigation. They have kept their their comments more about their family and, and these two girls. So they they have respected the gag order and not said anything. And, and I know people have tried to approach them. Um, a matter of fact, I was just on the phone with somebody a few minutes ago that has talked to both sides of the family many, many times. And it's not their time or their place right now to be saying anything. They need this thing to get to trial. And yeah. they, they need to see the right person or the right people get to trial, in this case, settled. Have you heard anything about the suspect's health, his state of his mental and, and physical acuity? Yeah, the last time we saw him, he looked better than he had when we saw him back in June at the when he, the Carroll County hearing, when he looked very frail. And, you know, of course, he, he's been on a hunger strike. Um, you know, he's in Westville Correctional in maximum security, and, you know, it's... It, 
you know, granted, the guy is accused of a heinous crime, but Westville Correctional has a reputation of not being the most friendly place for um, for prisoners. But the last time we did see him, he did look like he's maybe been eating and you know maybe even gaining some weight back. He looked better that he did in, in the past times. So they're going to keep him at Westville. They, you know, I think that issue has been settled. He's going to stay at Westville, and they're going to bring him back and forth when the trial starts next October. Richard, last thing here before we let you go. So what's next? Are we waiting on the Indiana Supreme Court now to uh, get us some information about the judge, or is there something else? What's next? Now, the, the, the Supreme Court will need to make a ruling. They'll, they will, and I don't know how that process works. That's been one of the things on my list I need to, to find out. It, there's a good chance that they meet behind closed doors. They read everything that has come to them, and then they will make a decision. And they have got a lot of paperwork to go through. But you have to remember, when the Supreme Court takes on this this case or this particular issue, they're not looking at things outside of what has been presented to them. They're not looking at Richard Allen. They're not looking at the the, the, the charges that he's facing. They're only looking at the allegations that have been made by the defense lawyers and by, by the judge. Where can we get more information? WishTV.com. And, of course, you can watch WishTV every single day at 5 and 6. Now, we are – we – don't have anything on this story today. I think we're, we're, we'll probably give this a couple of days and see see how things shake out. When there's news, nobody better to bring it to you <laughs> than Richard Essex, Thanks, investigative Richard. reporter, Wish TV. You're the best. Thank you for your time. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Here's another lewd, nude, dude. And speaking of lewd new dudes in the news, uh, um, Hunter Biden is going to testify in front of the <laughs> House Oversight Committee. We'll have all those details for you coming after <laughs> 6 o'clock. But, that's a perfect um, segue right there. 100% perfect segue. But that's not the lewd new dude in the news we're talking about here. This one, this one's disturbing. This is, do police say a man stripped naked on a Disneyland ride. That's at Disneyland's in California, right? right. Disney World in Florida. Florida. Disneyland is out in Anaheim. <laughs> this guy got naked on it. It's a small world. Oh, seems kind of fitting. Like if you watch the video <laughs> and you see his genitalia, oh, and you can see it. That's the perfect name of the ride for this guy. It's a small world. Let me guess: drugs, alcohol, meth. What are we talking here? They're just using the blanket of drugs. Oh, yeah. Drugs. So, officials with the Anaheim Police Department responded to the theme park around 1.30 p.m. in the afternoon after people were calling and complaining that there was a naked man in the water in a it's a small world ride. <laughs> now, if you've ever been to Disney World or Disneyland, yeah. it's basically the same thing. It's a small, small You get on this little world. ride and you go through the water and the music plays. Well, there's video that shows buck naked dude waiting in the water near the ride's Ugh. entrance as a worker tries to approach him, and his clothes were sitting like in a pile on the floor. How are you explaining that to little Johnny? 
Well, yeah. it is a small world. Then you point at his crotch. <laughs> uh, before he got totally naked, before he got buck naked, if you will, he just had like uh, underpants on and was walking around nude singing Christmas songs. Mm, well, uh, tis, tis the season, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. This has been another lewd. I mean, that does it's suck. I mean, really, you're trying to have a peaceful moment with with your kids. I mean, these are small. I mean, this guy needs to go to jail for a long time for right. exposing himself to a minor. Well, he minors. was arrested for indecent exposure okay. and being under the influence of a controlled substance. He was also taken to a hospital. I just, I just wonder if there's any additional charges you could tack on because he was in front of little kids. Being a creep. Yeah. Is that a charge? That is. If being a creep were a charge, then this guy needs to have the book thrown <laughs> at him.